in the mind of an offbeat comedian. We may make it! We don't die, we... It grew into the animated world of Bebe's Kids. I knew she was trouble. I should have known her when I met her. It was at a funeral. Who's that girl in that black dress? She's so fine, make me want to get a job. She told me, she said, if you want to get acquainted with me and my son, you should take us somewhere like Fun World. Fun World. So I go to pick her up the next day. <laughs> she got three more kids with her. Paramount Pictures presents Baby's Kids. Those are double net pants, are they? Try to bring it back, huh? Fun World! Fun World! Please familiarize and observe the rules while in Fun World. No running. <laughs> No jumping. No yelling. That means you enjoy your stick. Baby's kids. We don't die. We multiply. They're all energy. They're all attitude. It ain't time to go. You trying to leave us? And for the next 12 hours, they're all Robins. I thought the devil was too when they made Rosemary Babies. But, oh no, oh no. Now we got Baby Kids. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Small three Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Right on the cowboy. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Bang! All right, Ben, what's, what's next? Um, well, it's funny you bring up Tony Gilroy because uh, moving on to episode 16 here, um, uh, this is a little unconventional. Um, as a journalist, but I'm going to be offering a correction on behalf of our guests uh, for episode 16, uh, Tony Gilroy himself, the writer of the film. Um, during the cold open at the top of the episode, um, I forget if it's repeated like later on, but around the 45 second mark at the top, uh, Tony says, quote, because I'm on strike and because I've been on the road, I've had more opportunity, dot, dot, dot. I've listened to more of it than I care to admit. Before this, we we had watched the movie with honors, and we were talking about Moira Kelly, what, how she, she was this incredible performer, and like what else has she been in? And then we started talking about the Cutting Edge, and we were like, oh, we should really watch the Cutting Edge, and um, it just hasn't stopped. Yeah, uh, no, I know. I, it's grown in scope and scale <laughs> to a level that's. I don't quite, think it ever needs to end. I don't think I don't see an end in sight. Actually, yeah, no. There's I'm with no you, end Tony. Inside. Thank oh, you. For oh, believe me. Yeah, my, my feelings. I want to. Yeah. I want to relaunch this into a. Um, anyway, well, it's very weird, and um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's what we're saying. No, man, for, and so. you work so hard on it. It's just, uh, I'm just so curious. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. And I did because I'm on strike, and because I've been on the road, I've actually just, uh, I've had more opportunity. I've listened to more of it than I'd care to admit. Uh, nice try, Tony. Uh, <laughs> using the strike as an excuse. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, like I said, this is sort of an unusual thing to do as a responsible and ethical journalist, but I am uh, quite confident that I know what Tony meant to say uh, in that moment, which is why I feel comfortable revising that quote for him now. Uh, what he meant to say was, quote, even if I weren't on strike, I would go out of my way to fit this podcast into my incredibly busy schedule because I love it so much, and also yep. I am proud and in no way ashamed or uneasy about mm. how much of it I have listened to and how much I love it. Tony, so, Tony, send us your you, send us your address. I'm going to send you Swish <laughs> FM merchandise. <laughs> if you're listening, I will make good on this. You're going to get something fun in the mail. Yeah, it's 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 yours for the taking. You I'm know how to reach to us, Tony. It. Yeah, you know um, I'm not a man of, of great means, but I put time into the silly gifts I send in the mail. Ask any of my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's a shocking. I once spent true story. Uh, when the Apple iPhone came out, I spent $400 making a custom fake Apple watch box uh, and then made a, caf- a fake cafe press thing, made it seem like my friend got a custom made watch from Cupertino. I had a prop master build a UPS oh box that legitimized it and put it in another box, sent it to his wife and she put it in the house. And when he got it, he was like, oh, my God. I got the very first Apple Watch, and we all laughed because she recorded a video of him opening it, oh finding out it was actually a $12 cafe press thing, all in the coast. The cost of that gag was about $300, and I have no regrets. So, Tony, send us your address. That I might could get be, something send from us the man. That could be you. Yep. Um, I am not good with money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god true story, um, true story. that's i don't Incredible. doubt it for a goddamn second um mm. anyway happy to have that uh correction now on the record um and also it's thank okay you, tony. you can just say you're a fan tony it's yeah okay. yeah you're a fan yeah. exactly you're fans you know hey it's we're fans of yours of. you're fans of us that's yeah all. it's a mitzvah. it's all good it's all I love happy it. family all right mm. Um, so moving on here. Uh, so the next episode is episode 17 with, uh, Paul Michael Glazer. That's a perfect pod folks. Not a single correction to be found in that one. Um, episode 18 is part one of our very special Tanya Harding. The only correction I would offer is that we didn't ask him about starring in the film. Uh, uh, that's true. I would say that's no I could have. That's yeah. Correction. True. We were true. 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 I really could have added in the 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 sheesh call in for that episode, but nope, I decided but to do we, it back when we were. I covering. can't believe you've been sitting on it that long. You've been, yeah. That means you've been sitting on that since June. Oh n- July? no, no, no! Not since we recorded that episode. Only like a few weeks ago. So it was. Oh, I well. forget the exact date, but it was it was before we did the draft. So I could have used it in the draft, but I chose not to. I love it. Um, so now we're at, yeah, uh, part one of our, uh, Tanya Harding behind the music, a uh, very special mini series, episode 18 at 11 15, I, uh, discuss, uh, I say, quote, we all know the scene, you know, this outsider, bad boy, radical dude, Doug Dorsey coming into this very stuffy, buttoned up formal, uh, world of, uh, amateur figure skating and oh, wow. uh, specifically the element of music uh, and we all know the scene one of our favorites the the 3 a.m music fight between Doug and Kate um, you know in, who in comes cr- downstairs <laughs> 
poor Hale Forrest did uh, did not did not like that very much. Uh, he had a Comes meeting at six a.m. Bathrobe. A, yep. Uh, extremely important business meeting that he had to get his rest for, uh, and uh, them, uh, you know, cranking up the volume dial uh, back and forth as. Uh, Doug was trying to play his um, his stock library heavy metal rock and roll music uh, versus Kate's uh, Beethoven. But apparently I didn't know it well enough because um, I made not one, not two, but three errors uh, recounting the scene um, of, uh, you know, Doug and Kate uh, having their, their music fight, um, which was, you know, sort of a, an inspiration for the, the Tiny Harding music deep dive. Uh, the first error was that I called it the 3 a.m. music fight, um, yep. when in fact the fight, uh, what Hale says when he walks into the room, uh, is, it's after midnight. Um, now, yes, 3 a.m. is technically after midnight, uh, but presumably if it was 3 a.m., he would it's say something more thing. like, it's 3 a.m., not it's after midnight. So I'm guessing the actual time was probably somewhere between 12 and 12.30. Mm. Um, that's a correction. Number two, at 11.30, uh, around the uh, 11.30 mark uh, in, in that same little scene, I said that Hale had a 6 a.m. business meeting when, in fact, it was a 6.30 appointment. 6.30, not 6. Uh, and then probably the most massive and unforgivable blunder of all is that I said that Kate was playing Beethoven. Uh, of course, what she was playing uh, was Mozart, um, because how could I forget the immortal line, play him the Mozart, you'll be asleep in no time. Mm. Uh, wow, really blew it in that whole sequence. But to be fair, that was the, um, you know, the, the, the podcast where I had very shoddy and kind of incomplete notes, so I hadn't you know, reviewed that scene specifically uh, now, right, to, at the time. To a degree, I have a question that this now sparks. That yes. I've been thinking about, I lay at, awake at night thinking about and don't entirely understand the timeline. Mm. When Hale exits the picture, when he yeah. says, you know, and he and everyone gets in the limousine and Jack says, Hale's not coming. And they're like, where is he going? And they're like, he's going to Boston. Mm-hmm. Why? Because like he's from London is where earlier in the film. Kate's like, my boyfriend's in London and I never get to see him. Well, and do you not remember my, my Boston theory, Christian? Well, well, I remember it's part of the BCU. Uh, well, no, it was that earlier in the film, uh, Doug had gone on like a little, you know, a little like whore tour of, of Boston <laughs> to get away for the weekend. You remember when uh-huh. he was like, oh, where's he going? Anton's like, oh, you know, whatever. Uh, Kate's like, oh, he's right. going off whoring in New York. And Anton's right. like, it's not exactly right. He's going to Boston. So my theory was that Doug came right. back from Boston Doug. and planted a little seed in uh, in Hale's ear about, you know, all the splendor and wonders <laughs> that the city of Boston uh, has to offer. Um, and that's why Hale, the when he was like, Christa. oh, Krista's there. Krista's yeah, Krista so. is there. Exactly. Krista. Krista is Krista. there. Um, mini driver is right, there. Um, I'm sold. lots, yep. you know, lots, lots of, uh, it's a college things. town. It's a college town. So college yeah. town, you know, uh, the, the, you know, kind of, um, social, it's you know, port town. it's a port a town little... and port things happen. Yeah, exactly. Towns. It's a little looser. Anyway, uh, that was my theory, but okay. I also think it's totally plausible that he just completely made it up and was just like, I just need to leave. I'll, I'm just going to say the first mm-hmm. city that I can think of. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Sold. Anyway, yep. Glad we cl- cleared that up. Um, at 1850, uh, later on in this episode, episode 18, 
Uh, I pronounce the name of Tanya Harding's mother as Lavona, uh, but then I do note that I'm not 100% sure how it's pronounced. Yes. And remind our listeners that my notes are not complete, and if there are any errors, there will be a corrections episode. Tanya Harding is born in 1970, November 12th, in Portland, Oregon. She started skating when she's three years old. She is raised primarily by her mother, Lavona. Uh, I think it's pronounced Lavona. could be Lavana. I'll also remind everyone now that these notes are not... <laughs> fully complete so if i do make any uh you know historical or factual errors um don't worry there will be another episode running corrections follow up yeah yeah yeah. we will follow it up (laughs) yeah no worries well this is that corrections episode and this is that correction tanya harding's mother's name is in fact pronounced lavana lavana uh, which was sort of corrected in the archival clip that chris dropped in shortly after i mispronounced her name but anyway i just want to Make that yep. clear for the record. Uh, all right, we're almost there. Episode 19, Tanya, part two. At 2050, the 2050 mark, Chris asked me how old Tanya Harding was at the 1992 Olympics, and I say she is 22 years old. Incorrect. Tanya Harding was born November 12, 1970, so she is actually 21. 21. She's even younger than 22. In February of 1992, at the time of the Winter Olympics in Albertville, she did not turn 22 until November of that year. Um, this is an addendum, uh, at the 5505 mark, I, uh, toward the very end of that episode of that little mini-series, I kind of float the idea of making a Spotify playlist of all the songs yeah. that Tanya Harding skated to in competitions. God, maybe we can, like, put a playlist together. Maybe I'll try to make a Spotify playlist of all of Tanya Harding's yeah, songs that'd be cool. and share it online with everyone. Um, remind me that I said that so I actually follow up. That'd be fun to do. Uh, well, folks, in case you're unaware, I fucking did that. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> um, you can look it up. It's on Spotify. It's a public playlist. The title of the mix is the Tanya Mixtape, um, and it's fucking incredible. Um, I gotta say, I tried to be as thorough and accurate as possible. Um. I also want to uh, give a quick shout out now to another listener and fan of ours, uh, Sophie Tucker Daly, um, friend of mine uh, who has kind of fallen down the, the uh, redacted 1992 ice skating movie rabbit hole with us. Um, she really helped me out a lot um, uh, finding some of the some of the titles of these songs. Um, and but yeah, I tried to be pretty thorough. I definitely didn't get them all. Um, it's very hard to you know, find every single random, you know, pro-am and, and, uh, you know, uh, qualifying competition. Um, but you know, all the big ones that, that we mentioned in the, uh, in the two part mini series are in there. Uh, you know, the Batman theme and, um, you know, wild thing by tone Loke. And yes, folks, I do have the instrumental version of wild thing in the playlist, Mm. not the vocal version. Um, but there's like, so it's honestly crazy. Like after f- we finished recording that yeah. miniseries, I just kept researching cause I couldn't stop. And there's so much that I didn't even get to mention. So much more. Um, yeah. she skated to bad to the bone by George Thorogood and the destroyers. She skated to, I've had the time of my life from the dirty dancing soundtrack, the, the Bill Medley Jennifer I think Warren's. we opened an episode. Yes, with you had the cold one, right? open with "Time of My Life." I heard that. I heard that, 
And I was like, man, we didn't mention this in the episode, but we have to figure out a way to shoehorn this in. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just too good. For absolutely no reason, I would like to give a huge shout out to a Tone Loke show that I loved in the 90s called Sea Bear and Jamal. Well, it's the world funkiest cartoon. We back the right flavor. We're going deep like an engraver. Sit back and relax and enjoy the two. The family, the homies, and the whole crew. Be free like the bird and just glide. As we take you on a magic carpet ride. So magical and mystical and so irresistible. Fellas like I'm called, cool and collected. Well known, hey, and very well respected. Always on call for Jamal. Summer, spring, winter, and the fall. Yes, sure. Through all types of weather, they stay together like birds of a feather and tight like leather. So when you wake up in the morning at the crack of dawn, and when you get out of bed and you're stretching yawn, if you're down in the dumps and you need a smile. It's the Bogey Cartoon, leave them dancing in the aisle. Ooh. It was a cartoon show where Tone Loke, it was like almost like a Calvin and Hobbes scenario where like oh. this kid imagined a bear that came to life and the bear was voiced by Tone Loke. And it uh, it was a ran from 1996 to 1997. Oh, wow. And um, Bear, you know, he's become 10 years old and in the process of becoming a man, he needs to give up his childhood things, including Sea Bear, his teddy bear. Oh, I kind of vaguely do remember this now. Yo, Sea uh, Bear here. About to kick a little lesson to my homeboy Jamal about his new gear. Oh, well, like I always say, a bear's work is never done. That unbearably good-looking bear. Now, he's fine. He's cool. He's... Uh-huh. See, Bear? You're busted. That's what you get, trying to sneak out again. Can't blame a bear for trying. I've told you again and again, I can't take you. You need ID to get into the nightclub. It's not like the Boy Scouts. But I've got an ID. I'm not talking about the prize you got out the bottom of your cereal box. Fine. I don't want to go to your stupid club anyway. No, come on now. Look at you, little homie. Don't be mad. You know I would never forget about you. Thanks, Sea Bear. Yeah, so Sea Bear is like trying to like stay in his life. And um, wow. fantastic show with the voice of Tone Loke as the bear. And uh, Chris will probably put a clip in there of Sea Bear and Jamal. Great yeah. show. Great show. Of course, and, uh, of course. You know, also loved his work in Ace Ventura. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. God, this is not the time, Mace. If I don't want to come down here and see me talking to you or your ass, I'm history. I think I can keep him under control, but you'll have to tell me who's working the snowflake. Hey, I can't do nothing for you on that. My hands are totally tied. All right, that's it. Now it's my turn. Five minutes alone. That's all I need. Come on. Better look alive. I'm horns on our way down. Ooh. Come on now, Ace, please, man, please. What's the matter, Emilio? Afraid I'll make a stink? Ah, come on. All right, Aguado's working the case, all right? Aguado. Aguado? Good call. Look here. We're just a little busy right now with murderers and burglaries and drug dealers and things like that. A missing dolphin isn't exactly a high priority. 
Now you've pissed him off. Please give me a break, man. I can't hold him much longer. Our boss is coming, man. Okay, okay, look. We ran a check with all the local animal rights groups, all right? We checked out the taxidermists and ran a check through the local DMV on all recent van rentals. So far, nothing, Nathan, nada, all right? Any unusual bets being made? Of course it's bets being made. It's a Super Bowl. What'd you find out about the tank? Nothing unusual, okay? Some tire tracks, an escape route, and the guard didn't say anything. That's it? That's it, I swear. Now, would you please get the hell out of here before I get in trouble? Thank you for all your cooperation. By the way, do you have a mint? Perhaps some banaka? Yeah, no, he was awesome. He did a lot of great stuff aside great from work. just rapping. Uh, do you remember Baby's Kids? I'm gonna slap you with the two fingers on him. Oh! What the? And this is Little Pee Wee. Pee Wee, the OG. OG? I'll slap my F O O T in your B U T. Oh my goodness, those are double-knit pants, are they? Trying to bring it back, huh? What is this? Shorty, the OG with Thor McClough. Lift smacking for us under the blouse. Three years old and still drinking Similac. You smack me and I smack you back, punk. So now it's time for me to straight jack y'all. And get busy like a senior hall. Taking a dunk and be so relaxing. Straight jack. But I'm only a child. What baby's kids really need is freedom. Yeah, baby's kids, right? Yeah, a lot of great films. Fantastic work in that. Um... Yeah, but um, but yeah, check out the playlist, the Tiny Mixtape on Spotify. If you're not a Spotify person, not a subscriber, um, hit us up, swishfmradio at gmail.com. DM us on Twitter, at swishfmradio. I'll send you the track list, free of charge. Happy to do it. Um, there is, however, one song. Uh, I'll send it to Chris after, the, uh, after we, we record here so you can drop in the edit. But there is exactly one song that has eluded me. I literally found like either through like YouTube comment sections or there's literally like this um, this like uh, like like message board like archive website <laughs> that uh, that Sophie Tucker Daily found for me where it lists like like most of the the uh, musical selections for like different skating competitions. Incredible reference um, uh, source. Uh, so I was able to track down like pretty much all the ones that I that I like found at least on YouTube. But there's one song. It is the uh, the third song in a uh, three song program that Tanya skated in, in the at the 1992 Pro Am Figure Skating Challenge uh, at the uh, Olympic Winter Fest in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, it was during her technical program. Um, the first two songs that she skated to uh, were Never uh, by Moving Pictures from the Footloose soundtrack.
fucking I mean, high energy eighties banger. Great songs. I so mean, good. Great songs. So good. And then the second song is uh, a Kenny G song called Songbird um, off his album uh, Duo Tones from 1986. Kenny G, I don't think of as like 80s music. I just sort of i feel like he was like a 90s guy and like a you know kind of a punchline and a joke but i'm telling you guys this song like kind of low-key slaps like i heard it and i was like ooh, it's like a really sultry like it's it's kind of like that um that crazy sexy sax song um from the 70s that she used but this is like an 80s version it's really good but then there's a third song after that um, that I cannot for the life of me place. I tried to Shazam it. I tried to search the comments. I tried to everything I could. Um, so I'll let Chris drop it in uh, into this. And, and if anyone recognizes it, my God, please, please contact me. It's an incredible, like, high-energy, like, drum machine beat. Uh, it's got kind of like an animation vibe with, like, some, some like, 80s Lionel Richie, like, horn stabs in there. Uh, kind of has the general vibe of the, um, the theme from Delta Force uh, by Alan Silvestri, um, the great uh, Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin picture Delta Force, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, but would love, would uh, give so much money to, to track down the the name of that song uh so i'll send you the youtube link in a little bit chris and you can drop it in um Great. all right so we are just about at the end here um now this is a question for you guys uh we recorded an episode after the tanya miniseries before robert court uh the title of which was we're on strike um, and now I don't know if anyone noticed, but we didn't label that as episode 20 in the rewindables. Um, we just kind of did it as like a separate thing. Cause we didn't mm-hmm. really talk about, you know, we talked about something obviously very different from, uh, the 1992 redacted ice skating movie. Um, so there is like one, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and offer a correction, even though it's not a, a, you know, uh, redacted 1992 ice skating movie episode proper, uh, it sort of, you know, fell in the in the the cycle there. It's an adjacent um, correction. We'll yeah, allow it's, it. it's adjacent. So, 
Um, at the 110.05 mark of our strike episode, um, Chris is talking about streaming companies and data transparency, specifically with regard to ad-supported Google. tiers. Um, right? Do you remember this, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know where this is going. And now, um, this is another another listener correction. Actually, uh, I'm not going to name this listener. However, it's um, sheesh. <laughs> it's not sheesh. It's definitely not sheesh. Um, no, this listener is actually a bit of a, a whistleblower. Um, so I am. Uh, I'm going to protect their their anonymity um, as, as a as a professional journalist. One of the most sacred rules of journalism is that you must yeah. protect your sources at all costs. Uh, but this source, I uh, I can um, tell you, is is very knowledgeable, uh, very trustworthy, very reliable, um, and I uh, and I assure you that they gave us this information through uh, you know transmitted via secure channels, uh, and I won't get into any further you know detail about that. But here's here's the the message that our um, that our anonymous whistleblower relayed to us. Quote, actually. Streaming services and tech companies do not give advertisers accurate view counts because, see, Chris was kind of making the, I thought, very astute point that, like, yeah, so, like, no one knows how many people watch Netflix or Hulu or Apple TV, but surely the streaming platforms have their know their data because they have to sell ads, and you can't mm-hmm. sell ads Unless you tell you your advertising tell your partners, partner, hey, hey, like this is, this how many is what you're gonna, watch. this is what you're paying for, this is what you're gonna be getting with the money right. that you spend on your advertisements on our platform, uh, and I was like, yeah, of three course. million people watch Ted Lasso every Tuesday night, right? So oh, but then they, that, but then to know. the viewers, they make it kind of a black box, um, so, and and specifically to the actors and writers uh, of the of that programming they make it very very opaque and impossible to figure out what you know what you're actually creating you know how, like the, the value of what you're creating sure um, so I was like yeah of course of course they know their data that's such a good point Chris but so our anonymous whistleblower said actually streaming services and tech companies do not give advertisers accurate view counts and they still buy ads all view counts are fake there's no more mass media, but advertisers will only pay for mass media. So platforms, in all caps, just lie. And everyone on the chain is incentivized to accept the lies about views. You're the CMO. You want your $2 million media buy to pay off. They send you good numbers. You do not want to question them. And that just kind of, you know blew my mind a little bit and i figured that's you know what that's a correction or at least an addendum we might have to offer no that's a a, a fair one that a lot of places are guilty of it's a it's a fun shell game that everybody is playing of yeah hide the actual information industry yeah yeah it's but it's it's like uh yeah but that's a a very good correction i think it's important to note that and a good correction from our secret whistleblower i have already uh, taken Ben's computer and I've started scanning it to find your name and track you down. No. Joke's on you, buddy. Air gap. Air gap computer. <laughs> oh, no internet connection whatsoever. Can't no, find no, no. me. I, I'm a firm member of the WILG, not the Women's International Group. <laughs> no, I am part of the working injury uh, one, so I am firmly on the fighting man side. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. 
Now this could be like too much. I know we're it's very late, and this is probably a, a whole other rabbit hole that we don't need to get all the way down. But um, just one more like quick correction is that um, later on in that episode at the one hour twenty mark, uh, Chris is talking about the the tech giants that are that are going to swoop in and buy up the assets of media companies once they fold, and mentions quote if Google doesn't have a streaming platform, they will in a year. Um, now it didn't really Guess occur what? to me at the time that you said it, because I, know, I think we were both thinking in terms of like, oh yeah, you know, Hulu and, and Netflix and Amazon Prime, those are streaming platforms. But in fact, Google very much does have a streaming platform, depending on how you want to define streaming platform. It's called yeah. YouTube. YouTube. The OG. Pretty big. OG Pretty big one, actually. Platform. Yeah. I think an interesting thing that I read once that I think is worth noting, uh, Mario Puzo, the writer of The Godfather, um, wrote uh, a book later called, I believe it was Confessions of the Godfather, or the it was the Diaries of the Godfather, and in it there's a piece that he had written for a magazine uh, about organized crime in America, and he talked about uh, the fact that a lot of businesses are technically run very similarly to an organized crime, but we tacitly allow it because it creates so much jobs, and we're okay with the crime mm. as long as it creates enough premiums for the greater uh worker and that is why a lot of times they look the other way and that's very much with these clicks and it's all these companies are running and i think everyone's just tacitly like eh, the machine's running we're not going to really question it but there is no doubt that there's amount of fraud going on so yeah, um, it's a know. it's a house of cards, but as long as the house of cards stays standing, everyone's yeah. kind of just cool with it. Keep and the party going. <laughs> yeah, as long as the ecosystem is like consistent and predictable, I guess. Um, right? Then, yeah, yeah. that's why the strike is happening because it's not running smooth. And uh, no. I'm fighting for the working man, the W I L G. That's right. Yep, 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 all the way. Um, so that's pretty much about it there's one last very small one but uh peek behind the curtain i have one correction for an episode that hasn't even dropped at the time of this recording which is uh, the later part of our draft um but i do just want to put it out there for thoroughness sake um during round four uh of our draft um i said habituating instead of habitating uh while discussing (laughs) that one really got chris uh Chris is like, it's 12.15 at night. What the fuck are we still doing here? <laughs> Folks, this episode hasn't even hit Ben Cross' earbuds. As soon as I, yep. I stopped recording, It's not even like, in his eardrums yet, folks. He just to, remembers. I tried he remembers to eat, something that uh, I just edited the other day. Yeah. Only I should know this. Yeah. Yeah. He's, still, he's, <laughs> he's been thinking about it for a while. It sticks that, in my craw. It sticks in my craw. I try to use a fancy word to sound smart, and I fucking yep. blow it. Um, All right. I, also, I mean, even even habitating wouldn't be a great. I was literally I was tr- mm-hmm. trying to describe what you know the Mosley Dorsey skating crew were doing in the chateau. I could have said staying together or living there, but instead I was like, I'm gonna use a big word, habituating. Yep, yep they're barbituating. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wrong. Yeah. yeah. So I would I would say my it. other correction that uh, I really kind of regret my fifth round draft pick. Um, you know, I picked. Oh, uh, I think we corrected it for you. Where, where you uh, tried to um, draft the the uh, construction person, foreman that yeah. does not exist in the in the movie. <laughs> yes. Well, by yeah. that point, I had already chosen essentially a dead phantom of a woman. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also chose 
equally characters that are, to me, they are living, breathing characters, but they were men that existed only on paper in a trash ash bucket. Yeah. Um, so I was like flying high with Your imagination was I was running like, wild. I can do fucking anything. <laughs> I am untouchable. And the second I, I uttered it, the, the I second I uttered it from my, from, oh, from my, I my, said, my fountainhead. I said the construction worker who's not stopping Doug, and you all said the construction worker. What are you talking about? There's yeah. no foreman in the film. I said, well, yeah, but he's yeah. somewhere nearby. Presumably, he exists in the universe. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> all right, uh, gents, I am gonna <laughs> desperately to get out of here. <laughs> I am gonna wrap us up here because ba, ba, I have an ba, early. Ba, I have an early morning tomorrow. Oh, do you have a six a.m. appointment, Chris? <laughs> On the picket lines. Oh, wow. Pulling that card on us. Jeez, now I feel like a real asshole. I'm fighting for the working Um, man by making this working man work late. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The the reason that this is the redacted ice skating film is the very same reason that I will be out tomorrow morning on the picket lines. So... uh, I All think right, you're this a better person g- than me. We get it. Yep, I think true. this is going to be it, right? Like, no, I think, we have uh, to have. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There's one more in the can, and it's it's our final thoughts about the journey. As we've okay. mentioned, oh, the reunion started, special. This started in March. It is now August. Yeah, that we is should probably a, have a, re- a reunion special. A no, shocking cousin, amount of time, cousin. It is now. Oh, it's September. it's September. <laughs> Oh, can you put like September of my years? It could be mid to late September. I don't even know. It's probably the middle of September. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's firmly the fall. (laughs) Oh, my God. Leaves are falling. We went from spring to summer to fall. Oh, please add Frank Sinatra's September song here right now to close this episode. (laughs) All right, folks. So we'll be back next week with some final thoughts and conclusions. Uh, maybe, sheesh. maybe conclusions. We're not sure. <laughs> sheesh, if you have anything that you you wanna you wanna any final thoughts from you, get yeah. get them in. Feel free to uh, send us a voice memo. And um, yeah, that's it. This was a lot of fun tonight. So I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Shout out to Sheesh. Shout out to Sheesh. Uh, Folks, you're getting one more. You get yeah. one final hurrah. Could be, could be uh, one, could be more. Where you know, I don't want to. Yeah, can't commit. Could be a multi-part. Yeah, exactly. In September exactly. of yeah. my years, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, this has been good. You've been listening to Switch. 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 Swit